This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Now, one of the most criticised things in football this season, aside from perhaps VAR and the implementation thereof, has been over in the UK, the home of the Premier League, the decision by Sky and BT Sport to start charging what is reckoned to be an extortionate amount, £14.95, as you said, Chris, about 70 dirhams per match to watch matches that aren't part of the original package. Uh, as opposed to, obviously, behind closed doors, being able to attend them in person. And remember the days, and I wrote a thesis on this uh, back when I was studying journalism, football was a working man's sport and a working woman's sport as well, of course, and it's no longer the case. Uh, fans, good fans, honest fans, are being priced out of it. And, well, a story has gone viral for all the right reasons because Newcastle United fans who, let's be frank, have been put through the mill a little bit in the last six months. Their uh, hopes of a takeover from Saudi, the public investment fund over there, they're snatched away from them. We're not going to get into that this evening because, well, what we are going to get involved in and we're going to discuss is, well, a wonderful initiative, this. It's led by a number of individuals, one of whom joins us live on the lines now. His name is Steve Hasty, And essentially, the NUFC Food Bank, they've said enough's enough. Charity over pay-per-view, PPV, and they've raised close to £20,000. Essentially, disenfranchised fans saying, enough's enough. I'll take my 15 quid and I'll donate it for the good of the community. Steve joins us live on the line now. Steve, a very good, and it'll be afternoon to you over in the UK. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you, guys. How are you? Yeah, very well over here in sunny Dubai. And listen, Steve, let me start by saying I doff my cap to you and your fellow patrons for the NUFC Food Bank. You've raised... £20,000 for the city's West End Food Bank. I mean, that in itself, surprised. Give us your reaction to that sum of money that you've raised. Incredible. I, I, was, I was just completely gobsmacked when, the, when I heard the, uh, the total so far. And that's just a running total, by the way, because money is still coming in, believe Amazing. it or not. But uh, when, when, this, uh, when this kicked off uh, by... With, Literally a, a, a viral matter on like Twitter, uh, and one of the lads who runs a, a Twitter site called called Tune Polls said, "You know, this is ridiculous. We're paying this extra money. Um, I think we should all, if we want, to, rather than watch the match, uh, chip in for this, and let's see if we can raise some money for a charity." Um, suggested the food bank, and next thing you knew. Um, when we got involved, it was a case of yeah, we, we've got a we've got a site, we've got a facility to be able to collect money. We can, we've got a, a donation page, and happy to happy to take anything. Expecting to be realistic, expecting about a thousand pounds. I mean, I, I genuinely expected that, that you know we'd have you know maybe a few dozen fans, but to, to end up at twenty thousand pounds is and and as I say, growing continuously is phenomenal. Yeah, we've seen, Steve, this year, the power that social media has to mobilise people who feel very strongly about a certain topic. And if you think about someone, a national hero like Sir Captain Tom Moore, what was it, 30 million quid he raised walking 100 laps of his garden. It is incredible how when you when you touch a nerve, when you really hit upon something that people feel strongly about, you don't need any marketing. You don't need any advertising. It's all through social media. It's all driven and it all snowballs incredibly quickly. That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And I think what also happens is you have a you have a slightly, as you mentioned, that we're disenfranchised fan base. 
And obviously we were disenfranchised regarding the 1495 pay-per-view. But at Newcastle United, we had the added problem of people had already paid for to go to those games and haven't been refunded. So I think it was a kind of double-edged sword, if you like, that was now being prodded um, through (laughs) through the heart of of Sky TV and the football club. Because, uh, you know, when you've already paid for your season tickets, you haven't had a refund and you've paid for games all the way through and they're still still having direct debits taken out of your bank account, um, to then suddenly get asked by the Premier League to pay 14.95 on top of what you've already paid. And let's face it, we're talking here about a season ticket that on average comes out at about £550, which is, what, 2,600 dirhams. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of money. And as you mentioned, you know, you've got Sky and BT with, I think, Sky is around about 380 dirhams a month. BT is around about 120 dirhams a month. Um, when all of that gets added up together, you suddenly realise how much extra you're going to have to pay to watch your club, the working man's football club. Yeah. And there's no better working man's football club than Newcastle United in my eyes. You're right, Steve. The football club is, is being taken out of your hands in a lot of ways. You are being pushed further and further and further away from it. And I want to get to the heart because it's an incredible story. This isn't just something. Robbie's alluded to social media there. You guys come rain or shine outside of St James's Park when there were fans pouring in to that citadel of football in the northeast of England and there you were raising funds for people in need just give us a little background if you can for the food banks how many people you are helping out or you were helping out on a weekly basis and how much people you will help out with 20 grand sterling at your disposal yeah well we started off in 2016 and we knew the Liverpool guys and two guys over in Liverpool had started this Dave Byrne and uh, Dave Kelly uh, Liverpool and, El- and Everton fans, uh, respectively. And we'd known that they'd had a bit of success on, on raising funds. And one of our colleagues came up to us and said, oh, fellow supporters, do you think we'd be able to do that um, and raise someone on, as a one-off? Um, we thought about it and thought, how could we do this? And obviously the, the, there was a film called I, Daniel Blake that had just come out. And uh, we managed to get ahead of schedule a copy of the DVD and we thought, well, what if we just showed the DVD in the club, um, the Working Men's Club uh, on Tyneside, the Tyneside Irish Centre, um, a community place, and, and maybe people could donate. Um, it it kind of snowballed from there. We played a game against Derby and decided that we could we could stand outside the ground and shake a bucket and collect some cash. And four years later, uh, we're still doing it, or we're still doing it until March. Um I think we're averaging, you know, we raise, you know, thirty to forty thousand pounds a season uh, that goes directly to the food bank. Um, I've got some. I mean, just just based on this, yes. Let's let's take the the window from closed down when we haven't been able to enter the ground um, because of the of the COVID lockdown. Um, you're talking about since April, twenty six thousand people that the West End Food Bank have. Uh, directly fed themselves through donations from both football fans and the rest of our community. Um, yet of those 26,000, you're talking 40% of them would have been children. Um, that amounts to 154 tonnes of food, believe it or not. Wow. Um, now, you, you take those figures. If, if for, I'll give you, give you an idea. If we take in, say, 10 tonnes of food a month, you're talking seventeen hundred pounds a ton, yeah. And you see how much money 
is required to keep this going. Um, it's a phenomenal amount of money. Uh, we're now dishing out a thousand, well, feeding over a thousand people a week, and they're uh, issuing four thousand emergency food parcels um, on top of the the people that they're feeding directly. So it's a it's a massive commitment that the West End Food Bank have. Um, for the community, and of course, that means that it's it, it's a commitment that we've had to carry on doing naturally, um, because it's the right thing to do uh, to look is. after our community. We, we've seen Steve, you know, clubs being almost shamed into reversing decisions like furloughing staff and that kind of thing, and they've actually, when they're spending fifty odd million quid on an individual player, it does seem rather ludicrous that they could lay off staff indefinitely who are who are on obviously. <laughs> very minimal wages do you think that the that the bts and the skies will be shamed into doing something about this uh this 15 pounds a game pay-per-view price i would hope they would be i mean a lot of blame does get pointed at football clubs but the big guys the skies and the bts who are providing the service they seem to have escaped it i mean this this particular pay-per-view situation we're talking about paying having the pay-per-view for the five games and are not scheduled uh, on on a normal match day. Um, it, it, ironically, I think if I lived in Dubai, I would probably have to watch all of these games for about fifty dirhams a month or something like that. Mm. Um, and, I, and I can't. And, and so we've got a, we've got this crazy situation where we can't watch the live games unless we're paying this amount of money. And and really, it, it's it. You mentioned the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, it really is pushing fans to the edge, quite frankly, um, because it just seems like exploitation, exploitation, exploitation at every stage because it seems as though they think that football fans in in England uh, have deep pockets. And believe you me, we don't. That's exactly it, Steve. Well, listen, I, I sincerely doff my cap to the work that's going on. Do check out what Steve and his team are doing. NUFC Food Bank, they're on Twitter. Do donate if that's something that you feel particularly kind of emotive about. And I've got to say to you, before we let you go, Steve, there is one good thing that you're not over here in Dubai. You don't have to stomach Mr. Keys and Mr. Gray, so you can at least <laughs> take that as well, OK, my man? Yeah. That's true. That's, That's a tax true. in itself, Steve. I, I, just, I just add, yeah, yeah. I just add. We, this mantle has been taken up by other other fans yeah. as well. We've now got Leeds United fans and Manchester City fans, um, along with Manchester United fans, um, starting similar campaigns. And we're hoping that maybe this will roll through, um, bring up the focus of the fourteen ninety five, but also more importantly, bring up the focus of the of the demand that food banks have throughout Absolutely. the country. Hundred percent. So if if one little thing comes of it, that's good. That it's it's bringing as normal football fans together as a community, uh, really, really doing their bit. You're a top man, Steve. We Thank you so much. You taking the time to talk to us Cheers, over guys. here in Dubai. Hashtag <laughs> charity over PPV. Lovely to hear from Steve Hasty there. And what an incredible initiative that is. This is Off Script Extra Time with Chris and Robbie on Dubai Eye 103.8. Join the conversation. I do want to touch on the defensive the, or, or the dearth of great defenders because... Well, we've talked about the stats at length and, and they've just, they're, they're continuing to be remarkable in that respect because I had a little look at across the seasons, the Premier League. I know we've only got a small sample size for this season. I know only four match weeks have taken place. So it's a little bit unfair perhaps from that point of view and maybe things will tail off. They probably will. But it's quite a big jump because the current record for goals per game in the Premier League since it started back in 1992 yep. is the 2018-19 season. Have a guess 
how many goals per game were scored? 2.35. 2.82. Oh, yeah, 2.82. Wow, that is impressive. Um, in fact, it's incredibly tight band per season. That in, since the inception of the Premier League, everything is between 2.82 and I think 2.48 goals per okay. game on average. So far this season, there have been 167 goals in 46 matches, and that's an average of 3.63 per game, it's been which is draws, Rob. nearly an extra goal per game more than in previous seasons. It's not really surprising. You've seen Chelsea involved in two 3-3 draws. Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. Tottenham 6, Man United 1. Man City 2, Leicester 5. It's no surprise to see that. Spurs 3, West Ham 3. And Spurs 3, yeah. Manuel Lanzini. Sorry, Spurs fans. I was up Everton 5, Bournemouth 2, was it? Uh, no, Everton 5, West Brom. Bournemouth West Brom. Championship Bor- 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 Bournemouth down. Oh, sorry. Yeah, good point. Right. It's been um, one of those years. It's been one of those years. It absolutely has. But now that Virgil van Dijk has been ruled out via, through injury, the ACL injury that he has sustained, I did look at the list of top 10 defenders in Premier League history, centre-back defenders this is. Right. And no one in operation right now, aside from Virgil, can hold a candle to any of them. If I go through this list, okay. in no particular order. Throw them at me. Yapstam. Yep. Steve Bruce. Mm. Okay, different era. Rascal. Different era. But yes. Ricardo Cavalier. Yep, classy operator. Gary Pallister. Yep. yep. Again, different era perhaps. Nemanja Vidic. Yep. Tony Adams. Yes. Sol Campbell. Yes. Vincent Company. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. John Terry. No one in the current crop of Premier League defenders is getting anywhere close to that. Mm-mm. Nowhere close. And it just makes you wonder... Why has the art of being a good centre-back become such a somewhat maybe, maybe disposable wrong. commodity? Maybe it's gone the other way. Maybe it's, it's you know, young kids of today, the, the way that football has evolved, you've got to be good with your feet. You've got to be a passing, you know, a defender that is comfortable with ball at feet. Are you telling me Steve Bruce was not good with his feet? He wasn't great. <laughs> he wasn't great, let's be honest. You know, Yapstam was quick. Well, a lot of these guys... John Terry improved. Rio was good. Very good. Sol. Cavalio was good. Yeah, Cavalio, bit of a, a Rolls Royce. A, a strange defender. No nonsense is what you would say. Neat and tidy in possession, but more so now. There's a real. You look at Marcelo Bielsa, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp to an extent. What do they all want? They want the, 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 the defenders, their centre backs. Fine, but that's not great, is it? They're conceding more goals because of it. I mean, there is there is a dearth. In... There is a dearth. There is no doubt about that. A dearth of genuine world class centre halves. It's almost football. like it's it's the equivalent. It's football's equivalent to a dearth of world class test batsmen, yeah, who are capable of just ticking over of scoring sixty in a day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> your Jeffrey Boycotts. exactly, exactly. But, it's your um... Michael Atherton's. It's that kind of batsman. It's the same with centre backs in football. Your good, honest, traditional centre back doesn't really exist anymore. And as a result... More has been asked of them in, in possession. That's Guys, Mooney says, more goals, not good for the overall game. Could we look at it differently, that the game had become more attacking and the attackers are becoming better? I think it's different. Nah, I think Mooney. tactically, it, there's a much bigger emphasis on just throwing the kitchen sink at teams. Bayern Munich, Munich were a case in point in winning the Champions League. I think there's more to it than that. I think you know, Bayern Munich 8, Barcelona 2... You know, Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. 
You've got to equate that. I'm sorry. The attacking hasn't become just better in the last four months. You've got to equate that. There is a correlation between lack of fans in stadiums. There is. Oh, yeah. There yeah. has to be. The pressure is off in a lot of ways. Good players, you know, good players in, in some cases are, are being liberated. In other places, the concentration perhaps is not there because they are reminiscing of training matches, exhibitions, call them what you will. Uh, and, and listen, Mooney, I do respect you taking the time to text. I just don't think the attacking play has evolved to the extent mm. that defending has become obsolete. It's just that the intensity perhaps isn't there. And again, it's very difficult for me to kind of pass judgment on that because I need to be there. I know we started commentating for the Arabian Gulf League at the start of this, se- this season. And there is an eeriness yeah, there is. about yeah. the stadium. And I, again, I'm not a professional football player, but it is—it's—it's it's bizarre. It really is. You've got a smuttering of people, and now that is one thing we can make genuine comparisons because mm. what we're seeing at the AGL more goals a ma- match setup from one exactly week. To the be same fair, but <laughs> as you get in the Premier League now, yeah, it's true. Know? It's true. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.